Hey, this is Phil Yano with the Tech After Five podcast, and uh, I got something just a little bit different going on, and I'm going to mention this kind of up front. Um, we've got some video, I think, off today, so you should be able to, you can listen to this because it's just a couple of us talking. That ought to be great, but uh, the idea is that um, if you want to go hit us up on video, my guess is we'll be posting this to uh, YouTube as well, so you can come back and see that later. But I have uh, Carol Hamilton with me today. And uh, Carol and Scott and I have had a conversation in the past about communication. But this just popped up today. The world has changed, my friend, Carol Hamilton. (laughs) Shocking news. Yeah. (laughs) We're not the first to uh, alert people to that. But uh, there is a real opportunity now. I mean, and some of it, sometimes it's just being thrust upon a lot of us. But I think this is a note to our uh, tech community that they may be um, working from home when they hadn't been prior, right? I mean, so some of our right. folks, they're going to be, this is a natural thing already. They've already figured this out, or maybe they've figured it out. Um, but uh, for a lot of folks, this is something that uh, either their company didn't value, they have not done this in the past, but now they're going to end up thrust into the situation of uh, working out of uh, not just a coffee shop, but their house. Yeah. And thrust is the word, isn't it? Because when you think about how one day you were working in an office or a coffee shop, and now the coffee shop is gone, the office is no longer available. Thrust is exactly how it's going to feel to both you and the people you're hanging out with in that space. So if you're now home and thinking, boy, this is a change, you're not the only one if you share that space with someone else. Yeah. So uh, how about you do a real quick introduction of yourself since I, that'll save me the work of that. I mean, I'm Phil Yenov. You're Carol Hamilton. Tell people who you are in the world. <laughs> well, um, I'm one of those people who uh, have been thrust into new circumstances. So I think we're all uh, swimming in this same sea. And I am a uh, corporate communications trainer as well as a facilitator of online meetings for folks. And I do MC work as well as executive coaching. So my whole shtick is communications, trying to find the best way to bring our best selves to these conversations. And my favorite thing is to bring the beautiful realm of tech together with the beautiful realm of humanity. And so that's what I'm trying to do at all times is build bridges between those two worlds. Yeah, I think, uh, and that's, for us, it's that communications bit. We've got to figure that out. And this is... uh, in this, we're trying to today, we want to talk about the sort of fundamentals underneath working from a different space, a novel space, right? Working from home when we have it in the past. And what's different about that? Because quite frankly, if we don't get that right, it will be tough for us to do our best work. It'll be tough for us to communicate with others if we don't get it right. Well, especially because right now there's so many unknowns and there's so many things that are not in control because the situations have changed. So what I really, I'm hoping we just really look at what can we control? Where, where can we turn for those things that we can really manage? So that was, I think, the beginning of this whole conversation just between us. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing I'm thinking about, right? If I, if I am not used to working from home, and in this case, you know, I've been in this space. I'm, I'm working out of my house today, and I'm frequently out of the space now because, again, it's kind of funny. Under different circumstances, I was out of my office, right? They sold the building. I decided, ah, I'll come home temporarily, and I've managed to make this work now for some time. Um, 
but it, it isn't ideal, but I managed to make work. But even my life has changed today because now in the midst of all of this, you know, I've got kids at home at the same time. So this becomes a right. thing where we all have to figure out how to make this thing work together. So we've got uh, five points, it looks to me, like we've come up here that we want to talk to people about today in terms of getting ready to uh, get themselves ready to work from home. So let's talk about that. Start us off. Okay, the first thing, and I think this is true, if you think in terms of your family being team, and family meaning anybody that you're sharing the space with, whether it's roommates or whoever it might be, the first thing you want to do is think about a team meeting, because everything's just changed for them, if, especially if you've got kids who have just come home from school. And so it is time to have some new family agreements. I hate the word rules. I think it just invites us all to fight them. But if you think about family agreements... What are we going to agree to? What are you asking them to do? Do they need to be quiet a certain amount of the day? And by the way, all day long, every day is not going to be the right answer. That's not going to happen. So what specific time frames? You know, gosh, you guys, for two hours every morning or three hours every morning, and then X hours of high production time in the afternoons if possible. There needs to be some level of expectation. Yeah, What's so it, that, yeah, that's kind of letting them, letting, again, the folks that you live with, and the thing is, uh, Carol, what I'm concerned is that, you know, I mean, it might be you and your kids, but they're pets. I'm not sure if they're willing. I mean, I have put, I have staked up like five rules for <laughs> both the cats and the dog, and uh, they just laugh at me quite And they do. Yeah, and this is where we get into what's in it for them. So, for example, I, too, have a dog who thankfully right now is actually out being run. But I never expect a dog, or forgive me, but a child to be quiet if they haven't had an opportunity for exercise. They just aren't going to. There's too much pent up energy. That energy is what I love about them. I have to give it an outlet. So I may, instead of doing a commute, have to do something that gets them up and exercise, moving, doing something. Maybe we all do a a fun class together. Maybe we all do dancing hour before I start. Something that that runs out some energy. But I think it's having that conversation with them ahead of time, whoever that might be. Or again, if it's a pet, I mean, we're guessing that right. you're the responsible yeah. party. You got to figure out what that's going to be. Sure. You know, and it is, you know, do I take them out for the walk in the morning? Because right. I know that, you know, I'm, I've got conference calls set up at nine o'clock or whatever. You know, what am I going to do? But you have to figure out first what that is, what is the, what are the new rules going to look like? And right. again, primarily with family, but you know, pets as well. You have to figure out what that's going to be. And what's in it for them really comes up big. So if I'm quiet, does that mean at five o'clock when you're done, we get to have puzzle time. We get to have mom time. We get to go um, make cookies together. What is the carrot? Where is the payoff? And there needs to be a payoff because you're asking them to completely change their behavior and in many cases, suppress their natural instincts. So what is it that you're asking? What are you giving in the name of that? Which can also be a give to you because you no longer have a two hour commute. Yeah. You might, you know, so now what are you doing? Right. So the carrot this morning for my kids, it was a Chick-fil-A biscuit beforehand and then the promise of some fun afternoon activity this afternoon. So that kind of gets everybody's buy-in and they're trying really hard. I don't think it's perfect. This has not been a soundless environment around me, but uh, they're trying and that's kind of how I did it. So, but the idea is first is to say, you just can't, you got to get some buy-in from everybody else. You're going to do that by having just a sit down with them probably and having a conversation with them about what the changes might be. Because look, I've just got to make this work. The world has changed. Let's figure out how to do that. 
you just can't assume, and this is, a, again, you know, naturally coming from you, this is a good communication skill to say, let's not assume everybody knows what's going to happen. Let's yeah. talk about this with even a part of the conversation is, look, hey, I don't think this is everything. Let's talk about that. I yeah. wouldn't, and I know the leaders on our, on our call would never have this big of a change in a work environment and not have a team meeting about it. Same yeah. thing. Great. Yeah. All right. So uh, we've got that worked out. Let's take us to step two. Once we've got, uh, we've had that little meeting, then we've got to talk about what I going to do change about my environment in order to make it work for me, right? Because the thing is, that context probably meant something else to us in the past, right? I mean, if I'm going to use the space where my computer set, it might have been my gaming environment, right? I mean, I might have my PS4 set up over here at this desk and now I got to slide all that off, but it could have been something else. Who knows? But uh, exactly. I got to change this into a work environment, right? Right. Well, the blessed among us get to have a room where there's a door. If there is any possibility that you can get a room with a door, if it's a walk-in closet, a laundry room, if you're repurposing a bedroom, if you're repurposing an, a large enough bathroom that allows you to have a real chair, let me be clear, in a place anywhere that you can have a door for being able to close it off and keep it closed when you, whether you're in there or not is ideal. Not always yeah. an option, but ideal. Yeah, I think that is good. You know, um, just the bathroom setting, by the way, <laughs> I once did some work for a company. I was a contractor coming in doing computer work for them, but their server room was actually a repurposed bathroom. <laughs> and they had made the point of turning off all the water to the to the all the taps and stuff around it but the most natural place to sit while you were working on the server was a very comfortable chair yeah, so, yeah. there you go yeah. yeah and this is it i think this is a time of creativity we're not looking for perfect but that's that's not an option right now and we don't know how long we're looking at but if I, for example, had an option, the only option was to put my two kids into one bedroom as opposed to two, I would see if that's an option. Because what I'm trying to do is create as much harmony during the work hours as possible so that we can make it easier when, when I'm trying to focus and I don't have to be yelling at my kids all day because I don't want yeah. to be doing that. Smaller, quieter is better, quite frankly, than having a bigger space. Now, And I say that, by the way, having done exactly the opposite because I don't have a suite. I mean, just the floor plan of my house does not invite that to happen, right? So I'm in a big open space and uh, it's noisy and it requires real discipline and a certain amount of cursing in order to keep the... <laughs> quiet to where I needed to be. And that's just kind of the way that works, right? And in the place of a door, again, if it's possible, a curtain is really helpful because screen. if you can remove the a screen, exactly. If you can remove the visual, uh, you're just sitting there on the phone. Why can't I talk to you? Why can't we communicate? You're at least taking some of that out of the, out of the picture. Uh, the other thing you really want to think about in going back to your gaming comment, I think that one's really common. I'll hear people saying, well, I've got this great little place that's my sanctuary. And at night, I'd love to go in and do my gaming and have just a ton of fun. The, the challenge of making that into an office is your brain has been trained to say, hey, when I'm in here, I do gaming. I don't even think about work. In fact, that's why I come here is to not think about work. So if I walk in there and now say to my, my mind, body, and soul, okay, time to focus on work, I may get some resistance and I may find that I keep looking around and thinking, boy, that, that chair, that gaming chair looks pretty fine. It would be the equivalent to saying, I'm going to go on a diet and then setting up a chair in front of the refrigerator. 
And you might want to think about, instead of challenging yourself that way, is take these things out. Clear out anything that is not office-related to the best of your ability. And the other thing is getting rid of the people's, other people's things. Like if your spouse has a hobby in it, all the materials for that happen to be in that room. If your children have toys and they get stored in that room, those are all opportunities and invitations for people to come and say, hi, can I interrupt? I just need that, that, that. Right, right. Yeah, so, I mean, I think that's important. Get your stuff cleared in such a way that it's kind of a less of a distraction. And, uh, of course, get all the other people's stuff out. I think those are both great idea is something we need to do because uh, context for our work matters, right? And we don't think yeah. we work all the time. In fact, we're going to come to that in just a second. But when you're sitting down saying, well, this is the thing I want to work on right now, don't make it too easy to go do something else while you're at it, right? right. So, you know, get rid right. of the distractions so that you can be focused. <laughs> Speaking of yeah, distraction, yeah. Yeah, it and, it, and it comes into this one too, which is about protecting your stuff. So if you think about being at work, you have this desk, whether it's a cubicle or an office or whatever it might be, and there's nobody coming in and playing with your computer or drawing on your papers or rearranging your file cabinet. Nobody's doing that work. And yet when you get home, you've got a whole new set of players who don't see you as that separate entity who deserves privacy, but instead sees a whole new opportunity of interesting things. See what you can do to put things away. Or like I said, if you have a door, that's optimal that you could close. But if you don't, think about even a shelf that your stuff is on that's either too tall for short ones to reach or too uninteresting for tall ones to care about. Yeah, it's just getting that stuff out of the way regardless of what that means to you, right? Yeah, I got it. All right, so uh, I'm changing the environment And uh, next thing, I got to remove other potential for interruptions, right? So we're talking about it from first from a space. This is a time issue, isn't it? Yeah. You need a schedule because it's only fair to set up expectations just as you've done with your team at work. There's a set of understanding that you're going to be at lunch this amount of time, going to have approximate breaks. You're going to have a starting time and ending time. That needs to come home with you. Managing your time in a similar rhythm that you've been working at takes some of the jolt out of suddenly working from home. It also makes that whole team environment feel much more connected. So bring yourself into, and you can even post them on the door, which is really helpful for anybody that's old enough to understand what it is. This is when I'm working. This is when I'm having lunch. And by the way, we could do that together if we're all home. We could actually have a fun picnic. Right. Or how do you want to do that, Ram? But the point is, we can, that can be the social time. But, you know, like for me, it's like that, so 9 to 11 or whatever. I'm I'm yeah. in the middle. I'm doing this thing. Yeah. But having a, a regularly scheduled loop around that. So, you know, I did the same thing with the kids yesterday, for example. It was their first day home from school. And so my thing was, I said, okay, what would you have been doing today? In fact, I went and got their school schedule and said, okay, so you'd have been in math to this point, right? So what are you going to do about math? And if you're going to be in social studies, what are you going to do about that? What can you do from where you are? So that's got you on your regular loop because I trust my calendar every day, right? So I calendar, you know, just like you and I are getting together today, I put this on a calendar so we could get together. And when we said we were going to do that, we do that, right? I trust my calendar, you trust your calendar. So put that stuff on there. And that is something that anybody could take a look at. And we do that, by the way, as a family, 
we share our calendars, right? So we have a right. family calendar and we have our individual calendars. But if someone looks and says, oh, you're here. If I book this with you today, my wife can look and see that's on the calendar. This is what I'll be doing. There's no question about where I'll be at that moment. Yeah. And it allows other people to, and then it allows them to schedule other things. So that's right. Can you take the yeah. girl to school? Can you take the girl yeah. to a lesson? Right? And it's like, well, if you look at my calendar and it's clear, in fact, I, a lot of times I'll say, I don't know, but my guess is the answer is yes. Cause I don't think there's anything on my calendar. And if you can look and see there's nothing on my calendar, let's just trust that. Cause right. I set my calendar. So, so having a regular, that, so that might even mean that if you are not used to, for example, setting, and I think you ought to be, but if you're not used to setting calendar appointments with yourself to get quality time to work on a thing that's important to you. And and this is probably even, it's certainly important if you are working for a company, but it's really important if you're working for yourself because you you may not do this, right? You might just let things slide for one reason or another. So you can solve that problem by actually just sticking what you need to do. I'm a big fan of calendaring the stuff that's most important to you, particularly when you're working for yourself. And I think you could even come up with a name for that. I love that whole idea of a calendar that says, and now it's me time, but you call it, you know, beyond the horizon. That's my, my thinking time. I think it was, uh, I don't remember if it was Bill Gates or Warren Buffett. One of them said that my biggest regret in leadership is that I didn't give myself more time to think. And as you're in a home office, there can be a lot of pressure on you just being rather than working and doing specific tasks Allowing yourself think time is going to be critical, especially if we end up in some circumstance where we're all enclosed in the same space. Think yeah, about what that is. Yeah, if you're working for yourself or working on a business, I mean, you may have quite a number. You might have a one person working for you, might have 40, I don't know. But if you, you know, we call that, as I'm talking to folks, the difference between working in your business and working on your business. Exactly. So there's got to be time for that as well. But again, it ought to be scheduled. And the point we're getting at here, you know, this uh, point uh, three here, which was remove potential uh, for interruptions, um, was a all around getting the time, right? Set the time up so that you get the important stuff done and set the time to do your cool off as well and social time, which actually kind of brings us to number four, doesn't it? And number four on our list was create opportunity for quality social contact with your colleagues. Yeah. You know, one of the great things for those of us still fortunate enough to get to work in an office is that we get to have human time, human contact. Hey, Tom, how's it going? Hey, Maria, how was your weekend? That goes away when you work from home. And it's one of the great losses. And it's one of those that we all need to pay attention to. There need to be human moments. I'm not talking about social media. I'm not talking about something that still has that disconnection to it. Nothing wrong with social media, but that's not what this is about. This is about five minutes of staying in touch as humanity. How are you? What's going on? Now, this is important to be sure that we are torchbearers of optimism. What we don't need is collectives standing around, oh, yeah, I hate my kids. Oh, yeah, this is so hard. Oh, did you read the latest headlines? That doesn't serve anybody. That just builds problems. And that makes it really hard to disconnect from and then go be your best in terms of focus. So coming into these conversations and saying, you know what, let's have best practice moments. Let's spend 10 minutes just sharing with each other the benefits that we found or something that's working or something that we, an idea that we've had that could be different going forward. Maybe not in this red hot moment, but maybe going forward. How can we communicate in a way that says, you know what, Phil, 
I'm really loving on you today, and I just wanted to have a couple minutes to say hi. How are you? How's it going with the family? How's your cat, by the way? I haven't seen her in a bit. You know? Right. Human. No, whatever the, that thing might be. And the thing is, again, if this is a thing that's been thrust upon you, that might not be natural to you, right? right? So I've certainly been in office environments where you'd bump into people in the hallway, right? And you would talk yeah. to them for a couple of minutes. And again, you were, you know, and again, you know, if you were a someone who is kind of focused on getting things done, you would look at, you might look at the time and think that was wasted. And what you're not really realizing is that was the time where I did what we call bonding and rapport. You built a little bit of rapport. And the reason is you needed that trust later so that when you went to work with someone on a project, you didn't have to start from zero saying, well, I don't even know this cat. I don't know if I trust him. I don't know if I ask him to do a thing if you actually get the thing done. I mean, there's all this trust issues that you've not built on the front end. So the question is, how do we build trust when we're not in, we're not, we don't have propinquity anymore, right? right? We're not bumping into people like we would bump into them otherwise. So the question is, how do we go about building bond report? And the thing is, we have to effort that in a new way, right? So we yes. have tools like Slack that we use for team or whatever your team communications could be, could be Hangouts or otherwise. You know, we're using Slack more than anything now, but it could be or Zoom for that matter. But somehow, how are we going to reach out and touch other folks just enough to keep that going? Right. And I, you know, I really believe familiarity breeds trust. I think the more we know about each other and I have an exercise, it's one of my favorites, which is instead of having people stand up and say, my name, rank, and serial number is, I say, just tell us your name, your role, and tell us something about you that we can't find on your LinkedIn or your resume. And we get the most amazing stories that come up. And I have had leaders say, you know, I've sat next to that guy for 15 years and I didn't know he had a vineyard. And these things come up and I just think that that's the magic of trust and that is the magic of teamwork and that's the magic of of being able to build something bigger, bolder. It's healthy conflict. All of those things, if you look at Patrick Lencioni's Five Dysfunctions of a Team, trust is the basis of the pyramid. Yeah. And I think that these are things that we really want to look at. How am I building it? How am I taking two minutes of getting to know you? Right. How do I get that done, right? Yeah. By the way, I think that's a whole podcast. I do because I think there's so many ways that we can connect across languages and cultures, et cetera. But I think it starts with, I'm going to have two minutes of connection, human connection today. And pick somebody out of your network, pick somebody out of your team, whatever it is, pick one person because it's also a muscle. And it's a muscle, it's a social muscle that needs to be worked in order to be comfortable. And it's okay if it's a little bit on the awkward side initially, get used to it because I think this is the direction we're going for leadership and for jobs. And I think we're going to have more and more pressure to get really good at this. It's how do we become trusted colleagues without ever getting the chance to shake hands? Yeah. No, I think that's absolutely right. And again, you know, unlike, I know that I'm the guy that values sort of face-to-face contact, not sort of, I value face-to-face contact. But uh, when it's harder to do, how will we raise up and get that job done, right? Because it's so important to have built that trust to begin with. All right, yeah. we've got uh, one more step here, and it's keep the personal loop, right? And the thing is, it, it is super easy. And we say, when we say personal loops, right, there are things that we've got to do that are 
important to the care and feeding of the asset that is us yes. <laughs> in, the, in terms of getting this job done, right? Yeah. Um, you know, one of them I think is so important. We're trying to maintain as many of the original, uh, as many of the working rhythms that we had because there's that sense of control and that I am in charge of my own destiny. And one of them is around the personal hygiene piece. If you got up every morning, took a shower and got dressed and went off to work, then you should do that same thing. Get up in the morning, shower, get dressed and go to work, even if that work is in the laundry room now. But treat yourself in that same way so that Assume you're on video all day long and presenting this, pres this positive professional appearance. This is all about creating that mindset of I'm in charge. I'm not victim to something that's happening in the world. I have this level of control and I am the professional today that I was last week. This is not time. So casual Friday can happen, but it shouldn't be pajama day every day because I think that that's really hard on your mental capacity to see not everything's changed. The whole world hasn't changed. It's some aspects of it. And yeah. these are the ones I'm in control of. Well, if you need that, I mean, for, again, so it's super easy, you know, if you're working out of the house, you know, a rhythm that's easy to get broken is, you know, I don't get up and I don't do the self-care ritual that I would normally do in the morning because I can, in fact, get up out of bed, walk right to my desk, wherever that might be, because, I mean, for some people, it might actually even be in their bedroom, right? Right. So that might be so easy to get to and do that, yeah. that they've not done that loop that says, well, hold on a second, my body is become accustomed to doing this loop so that I can be ready for the day. I got to put on my armor. I've got to prepare this person uh, to go do battle the way that I do with the day, right? To get things done. So if you yeah. need those things, figure out what those things are. And we've, you know, again, there's talk about another podcast. There's going to be a whole podcast on beginning of day routines, right? How do we yeah. get, how do we get ourselves started? In fact, I, I spent a bunch of time thinking about that even this morning. That was part of my initial meditation for the day was encouraging people to pre-visualize their wins for the day, right? That's just a thing, but it's yeah. how I get ready to win the day and say, what are my wins going to be before I ever let my feet hit the floor? That's my routine. But if you're not doing those routines, it's again, easy to become disoriented this, right? And so if you're not doing that, if you're not prepared, it's one thing to be a battleship cruising through the water and cutting through the water. Another thing to be a cork that's just adrift, right? That's Absolutely. not the, the point we're trying to be. We're trying to be the one cutting through the water, making something happen, going to a predetermined place, right? It's not, things can happen, you know, but right. we're headed in this direction. Right. Well, and even just, you know, I'm sitting here thinking about for people who had a commute, I had a client in Washington, D.C. who had a three-hour commute. She just got six hours of her life back. Now, one of the questions, a day, by the way, absolutely amazing. But one of the things that, that comes to mind is she used to listen to audiobooks. And what a huge loss it would be in her life if she cut audiobooks because there's no longer a commute. To me, that's an example of a personal loop that you got to go, you just do everything you can to maintain it. Now, you may not do the full level of the commute because it might be that you found that kind of annoying. But you could spend 20 minutes listening to an audio. And again, this is put out the schedule that says, I am out of touch. I'm listening to my audio book. I'm visioning what I want my product or service to evolve into. I'm, I'm doing something that is pulling from that personal loop so that I'm maintaining the rhythm of evolution. 
And yeah. I'm maintaining a rhythm that my body says, I already know how to do this. This is not a new muscle for me because there's so many other muscles getting exercised. Do as much as you can to keep that rhythm going. And then bring the conversations into lunch. If you've got kids old enough to have a conversation about Seth Godin, then bring Seth with you to lunch. Hey, you know what Tim Ferriss said today? You know, there's things that they're going to get totally into, and that is the purest form of homeschooling. Yeah. So yeah. opportunity. Right. So uh, I think we did good work here today. We've given folks five strategies for getting themselves ready to be successful while working from home, particularly to the new home worker, right? I mean, there's certainly tips in here that even someone who's been doing this for a while could take. But the idea is if you take these five ideas, you are going to be more ready than you've ever been to do good work from home and get it done every day. Carol, thank you so much for helping me Could out. Could we end you. on one? Tote, you got something. Have it. I do. Be gentle on yourself. Everybody's in the same boat right now. Everybody. So many more people are suddenly home. So if you have a crying baby, a wandering cat, a photobombing dog, or a three-year-old who comes tearing in saying, I want attention right now in the middle of your conference call, be gentle. We all get it. The rules of perfection have been thrown out the window. So just be gentle on yourself and the people you're sharing space with as you all go through this transformation. I think that's great advice. You know, I said, uh, I was told a group the other day, I said, uh, you know, be good to yourself and I'm going to try to be good to you too. And we'll just figure that out. If I can do it, I'm going to do it. Uh, I'm, I'm not perfect, but I am struggling. I'm going to try to make the do that, make that happen. So Carol Hamilton, uh, thank you so much. If you want to find, if people want to find you, how do they find you? Carol at redfoxroad.com is my email. And obviously my website is redfoxroad.com or Carol Hamilton Live on LinkedIn. Either way, turns out I'm going to be home for a little bit. So, you know, connect. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And of course, I'm Phil Yanov, uh, host of the Tech After Five podcast. And you can find me on LinkedIn and at Tech After Five and even at philyanov.com. It points to somewhere useful. So uh, come find me and we will talk to you again very soon. Thank you. Thank you.